So tonight's scripture lesson comes from Matthew chapter 6. Just going to be reading two verses. Just want to thank the media team, Brother Iowa, Brother Matthew, for being so wonderful. Just turn down a little bit more. Be reading from verse 5 to verse number 6. Just going to be reading two verses and get here. And when you pray, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. Just want to give a few minutes for people to jump right into it. Matthew chapter 6. Verse number five, then verse number six. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. <clears throat> verse number five. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Or surely I say to you, they have their reward. They have their reward. Verse number six. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Everyone say the secret place. Everyone say the secret place. Type that in, the secret place. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. I want to read those two verses again. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Or surely I say to you, they have their reward. Then verse number six, but you, when you pray, you have to shut your door. Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father sees in secret will reward you openly. I want to just talk from this subject, the purpose of prayer. I want you to type that in. I want you to put that in. The purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer. <clears throat> the purpose of prayer. It was Martin Luther who wrote the 95 Thesis, who was the one who started the Protestant Reformation. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I want to say that again. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Many people ask, what is the definition of prayer? Like, what is this 
prayer? Why do we call it this? Simply, prayer is a conversation with God. That's what prayer simply is. As a Christian, we are to pray to the Lord. Prayer is a conversation with the Lord. It is how we communicate with Him. It's a relationship with Him. When we look at prayer, we have to understand that prayer is not just you saying prayers to God and that's it. But it's also listening to God. When we pray, when we spend time with God, we have to settle our spirits and listen to Him. Many times we think that prayer is just like a vending machine. We go, we put the corner in, press a button, and something comes out, and that's what prayer is. But we have to understand that prayer is much deeper than that. Prayer is not you just going, telling God what you want, that's it, and then you walk away. No, prayer is spending time with Him and talking to the Lord. That's why the song says, have a little talk with Jesus, tell Him all about your troubles, and he will guide you. We have to spend time in prayer. Prayer is something that has not been important to the body of Christ. Why do you say that? I remember I went to a church for a Friday night prayer service one time. And there was only maybe five people there. And I was sitting there saying, how is it that we talk about how prayer is important, but only five people showed up? But then one Friday, I went to that church again for a concert that they had, and 500 people showed up. So what I've noticed is that prayer is not seen as important anymore. But what I've noticed is that even though prayer is not important to some, it is always important to God. Prayer is something that we are supposed to do every single day. Why do you say that? So before... You grab your cup of coffee before you run to that morning and before you run to your job. Take time to pray. Prayer is a conversation that you have with your father. Now, holidays are coming up. It's easy for us to treat Jesus like he's Santa Claus, to sit on his lap and tell him what you want and then run and go somewhere else. But we have to treat God as God because he is our Lord and Savior. Now, the scriptures shows us people praying to the Lord. They're looking for strength. Sometimes when we pray, we look for strength. And we look for guidance, healing, and much more. As a Christian, you should learn how to pray by reading the word of God. It is very important to read the word of God. It is very important to study the word, the Old Testament and the New Testament, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. There's always time to study the word of God. As you study the word of God, you will see that prayer is a constant theme in the scriptures. I want to give you some examples of prayers in the scriptures. There are many promises in the Word of God to encourage us to pray. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. So let's really look at this. When we call to the Lord, when we call him, he will answer our call. 
And then it says to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That promise right there is, is a beautiful thing. So when we call to the Lord, when we pray to him, he's able to answer our prayers. And then it says to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So the beautiful part about this is that when I pray to him, he hears my prayer. Now, what's the beautiful part about this is that we as Christians and believers, we have a Savior who listens to us. And when we call on him, he answers our prayers. And then as we spend time in prayer, he will show us great and mighty things which we did not know. Have you ever noticed that when you spend time with God, he shows you things that you've never seen before? That is the beautiful part of prayer. Why is this the beautiful part? It's because even when I'm looking for an answer or something that did not even cross my mind, God drops it in my spirit as I spend time with him. That's the beautiful part of prayer. And then it says in Psalms 34, verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. That right there was beautiful. So we see that we cry out to him. We're crying out to him. We're trying to figure things out. We're crying out to him. And he hears our prayer. That is an example of us being in a situation where we're looking for something. And as we're crying out, he hears our prayers. When was the last time you cried out to God? When was the last time you sat in your prayer time and said, Lord, I'm crying out to you. I can't cry to my parents because they cannot help me. I cry to my friends, but they cannot help me. But when I cry to you, you hear my prayers. The beautiful thing is that when the Lord hears you, you know that something is about to change. Something is about to move. Why do you say that? Well, when we look in the book of Exodus. The children of Israel were crying out while they were under Pharaoh's slavery. And as they were crying out, they were crying, and nothing came as a solution. But then God sends a Moses to deliver them. You see, God hears your prayers, he hears what's going on, and then he sends something to bring deliverance. The question I've had is, are you crying out to God? Or are you crying out to someone else? Because I've noticed that no matter how loud or how bad I cried, he heard me. Just like if you were in the midnight hours of the time and you were trying to figure things out and you're crying, you're saying, Lord, I need a solution. Lord, I need your help. And he's saying the solution. For an example, someone may be dealing with student loans and saying, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay these student loans up. I don't know how this is going to happen. And the Lord hears your prayer and makes sure that the debt is clean because he hears your prayers. The question I have is, are you crying out to him? And then it said, and he delivers them out of their troubles. So the trouble that I'm going through, the trouble that I messed up in, the things that's bothering me, he delivers me out of those troubles. The beautiful thing is that no matter what trouble you're in, no matter what trouble is going on, 
God can deliver you out of that trouble. You may have some financial trouble saying, Lord, I need to get out of these debt. I need to get out of this credit card debt. God can deliver you out of that credit card debt. You may say, Lord, this, this relationship is getting on my nerves. Lord, I need mean, God gets you out of that relationship. Things may be looking scarce at your job. Say, Lord, I need a better job. He delivers you out of that job. That is the power of prayer. You can pray so much to the Lord that he can deliver you out of your trouble. Is there a testimony that says, yes, I was dealing with some situations and yes, things were going on and yes, people were getting on there, but when I prayed, he delivered me out of my trouble. So then it said, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He said, then he spoke a parable to them. And he said that men ought to pray and not lose heart. Why, why is that? Why do you say? Why does the scripture says that? Well, you have to understand that sometimes when you're praying, you don't get the solution immediately. Come on here. Is there someone here that can chase that? Sometimes you've been praying saying, Lord, I need this. He doesn't answer it immediately. You see, but what I love about God is that he says, don't lose heart. Thessalonians says prayer without ceasing. What does that mean? That means that if you don't get the solution, keep on praying. You may be praying for something to happen, and if God can answer, keep on praying that prayer. Because as you begin to pray, God can come and step in your situation and turn it around. God is so much God that he can say, yes, I know you're in a problem, and yes, I know you've been dealing with something, but I'm going to let you keep holding on. Why? Because I realize that when James says, count all joy, we go through various trials. Yes, we go through trials, we go through situations, we go through issues, and we go through problems, but God can say, as you're going through that, your faith is getting stronger. Have you noticed something that your faith is tested in those moments? Because sometimes when we go through testing, we think that we can just rely on fear. But when I go through testing, I have to step on faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes we just take a faith walk. Not walking in fear and being afraid, but we know that when we step on faith, God can turn it around for us. God is so God that he can turn that situation around. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says, Then when you call upon me, go and pray to me, I will listen to you. When we call on the Lord, we have to go and pray to him, and he will listen to us. And then verse 13 says, you will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all of your heart. But what does that mean? We have to seek after him. You see, prayer is not about, about us. It's about him. You see, prayer is not about what we think we are entitled to as Christians. But prayer is about looking towards the Lord. When was the last time you prayed and said, Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm searching for you. I'm hungry for you. The scripture as the deer pensive for the water, so does my soul pants after you. When was the last time you said, Lord, I'm looking for you? When was the last time you said, Lord, I need you? 
I'm searching for you. I tried to find friends, but they cannot help me. I tried to go to my parents, but they cannot help me. But when I call and search for you, you hear me. I don't know about you, but I love that God, when I look to him and pray to him, he's able to hear me in the lonely hours. When I'm by myself, when I'm alone and there's nobody physically there, I have a Savior who I can search for. We need to search for the Lord in this time. I know that banks are having one thing and pandemic is going on and vaccines is happening. We need to search for the Lord. Yes, there's blood being shed on the streets by innocent kids and people are killing each other. We need to search for the Lord. I know many people are dealing with sickness in their bodies. Search for the Lord. Why? Because he is a healer. We have to search after him. So then... It says in Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We can stop right there. Let me just park right there parenthetically. Because we must come to the throne of grace. What do we need today? We need the God's grace. I know that you may have made a mistake. You may have done wrong. But we need God's grace. And then it says that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. What we need today is grace and mercy. What we need today is God's grace and his mercy. You see, that's why the song says, your grace and mercy follow me. So then... We go to Matthew 7, verse 7. Is this helping someone? Is this helping someone? Is this helping someone? Listen, you know, as you're, as you're watching, is this helping someone? So Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Let's read what it is. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. You're saying, Lord, I need a miracle right now. I need my, I need my, I need another car, God. Lord, this car is giving me trouble. And as you're asking for him, he gives you another car. Many people say your salary can't get that new car. How is this possible? Because I asked him. And then he gave it to me. Seek and you will find. When you seek after him, you'll be able to find what you need. Have you ever noticed that when you seek the Lord in prayer, as you're seeking him in your worship time, as you're seeking him in your prayer time, he was able to find a solution? Is, am, I, am, I, am I making sense? And it says, knock, and it will be open to you. But when I knock on the door, I realize that he is the door that can open more doors. Lord have mercy. He's the God that can open one door of finances to come through. He can open doors of healing to heal your body. He can open doors for you to move forward. God is able to open doors for you. Do you realize that you may right now be trying to figure out how am I going to get out of the season? Just open the door. Just be able to knock and say, knock, Lord, I need you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus is there to help you in your situation. God is right there all the time. So we realize that the scriptures tell us to pray. And it shows us that God hears our prayers. And he hears our prayers and he also answers 
our prayer. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you accept him into your heart, when you look to him to help you and to guide you, you are a child of God. When you confess to him that he is Lord and Savior, he is the lover of your life, you accept him as Lord and Savior. That makes you a Christian. Now, the difference between saying Jesus' name and actually believing in Jesus' name. Let's just let's talk about that because we have a lot of people who wear Jesus, but they're not committed to Jesus. We have many people who say love Jesus, but not faithful to Jesus. So we have to be connected to him. When you accept him as Lord and Savior, you have the honor and the privilege of talking to him in prayer at any time. About everything. The life of a real Christian is a deep and very personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. Now let's get to the context of Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. Now, in this scripture there were religious people from backgrounds who were more concerned with action than motivation. They felt that it was important to believe that that was the right thing to do. The scribes of that era, of that time, were assuming that they were righteous because they kept the Mosaic law. And they were trying to say that they were perfect and things like that. But Jesus corrects the Pharisees concerning their Practices of giving, elms, prayer, and fasting. You see, what I love about God is that when he talks to the Pharisees, he gives a clap back. <laughs> he gives a warning to them in Matthew chapter 6. And he gives wise instruction. So when we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6, he says... When you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Now, what is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is someone who pretends to be something that they're not. He calls them hypocrites. I know many of you are saying, what is a hypocrite? I want to give an example of what a hypocrite is. Can I give an example on tonight? What is a hypocrite? They come to church looking like heaven on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week they act like hell. I want to say that again. It's mighty quiet in here. They come to church on Sunday looking like heaven, but the rest of the week they act like hell. Y'all know those kind of people that I'm talking about. A hypocrite. What is a hypocrite? They skip Sunday service so they can have Sunday's brunch with mimosas. Y'all know those kind of people, right? It's mighty quiet. They go to all, they go to late night parties instead of going to all night prayer. That's what a hypocrite is. I know you've probably seen a hypocrite before. Let's see, what is a hypocrite? They go to work early to deal with evil co-workers but can't come to church on time and see the saints because of church hurt. Do you, do you, have, you have you met one of these hypocrites before? I know 
They have an acting job. They like to perform and get an Oscar like Denzel Washington. That's what a hypocrite is. They like to look important. They like to act like there's something that they're not. A hypocrite. And then he says, for they love to pray standing on the synagogues and of the corners of the streets. And they like to look important. That's what a hypocrite does. They try to look like that. Now, they have their reward. And then we go to verse number six. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, we understand, because I'm, I'm getting to my time, we understand that Jesus in the gospel were praying in public and also in private. Matthew 14 verse 23 says that when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. What I've noticed in the scriptures is that when Jesus was praying and when he was healing the sick and raising the dead, he took time to be by himself, to pray. He took time to get away. And then it also in the Gospels tell us that Jesus also prayed in public. Now, he says in uh, Matthew 14, verse 18, he says, he commanded the multitudes to sit on the grass and he took the five loaves and he blessed it and took it, broke it and gave loaves to the multitude. You see, we have to understand that there is a difference between public prayers and private prayers. Private prayers are time when you are focused on you and God. One of the things I enjoyed during doing last year during the pandemic was spending hours with the Lord. Spending time with Him, just praying, just spending time, just giving away, and just having my Bible open and spending time with Him. And what I also enjoyed was also praying privately as well. It is very important to pray publicly and privately. Another thing I want to say is before I finish is that it is important to have a prayer life. It is very important to spend time with God. One of the things that we have to realize that even at this church, our bishop has a prayer life. The reason why we are in this building is because he was praying for us to get a building. We went from rental hall, went from different places and trying to work and God opened the door from us praying for this to come. You don't even know. Your prayer can open doors for you. You can pray for something even right now and tomorrow God opens that door. And right now I just want to encourage someone right now as I close and just want to, I'm going to continue this in the next time that we come back and finish this up. I want to encourage someone to always focus on God. Spend time with Him. Spend time praying to the Lord. Spend time focusing on Him. Spend time being with the Lord because when you're in the secret place, when you're in the place that God is there for you, He can answer prayers for you. He can open doors for you. Have you noticed that when you spend time with Him, 
things begin to move. Things begin to shift. That is the power of prayer. The purpose of prayer is to spend time with the Lord. I understand we want to spend time with friends and want to spend time with family, but take moments out of your day and spend time with the Lord. Take moments to look at what he has done for you. Pray, just say, Lord, I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you for just waking me up this morning. Just pray and just start thanking him. Prayer is very important. And I want us to even go on a journey on this prayer time and just spend time with him. Understand that the purpose of prayer is to focus on the Lord. The Lord is the focus. And even as you're praying and as you're spending time with Him, understand that the Lord can heal, set free, and deliver. The Lord can open doors for you. That's the beautiful part of prayer. Right now, I just want to—I just want to pray real quick for someone as they're watching, and then. We're going to show ways to give after that. Lord, I thank you for this time of sharing, this time of spending time and teaching on prayer. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to pray. Lord, right now, if someone is listening to me, Lord, touch them right now. Heal them right now. Deliver them right now. Set them free in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that always are oh, prayer answering God. And Lord, whoever's watching me right now, dealing with something or feeling heavy, Lord, take away the heaviness. Take away the pain. In the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, we thank you, God, for being our Lord and Savior, for being who you are, for being the one that always turns everything around for us. We thank you, Lord, for always doing something that no one else can do. We thank you of everything you're doing. Jesus, I pray. Amen.